You're listening to the MLS Multiplex Podcast with contributors from MLSMultiplex.com. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the MLS Multiplex Podcast. Like usual, it is Drew here, and I am joined this week by the all-reliable Josh and Connor here to talk about uh, the weekend in soccer, and for the first time, I think in forever, we get to talk about actual MLS happening. So we'll get to that later though, but guys, uh, like I said, it was the first weekend, we got to watch actual soccer, so how was the weekend for both of you? It was uh, it was pretty good. Good good week overall, and like you said, Drew, it was good to have North American soccer back, and we'll get back into that a little bit, and I'm just excited to finally be talking MLS soccer. Started this podcast right after, like literally right after the shutdown of the league in the country, so it's been a long three, three to four months, so how was, uh, how was your week, your weekend, Connor? It was good. good. Chilled out, watched... The one NWSL game that's available for free uh, until the final, so enjoyed that. But I guess having North American soccer back is a positive. Uh, and once MLS comes back and it's more widely available, uh, I'm sure I'll enjoy it a lot more. But until then, we just gotta wait and contemplate whether or not restarting is the right decision. Uh, which, if you want our thoughts on that, you can go listen to the other podcast we did last week. But yeah, it's just been motoring through a really, really weird year. Uh, Drew, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, this weekend was a fun time to watch NWSL. I got to catch both games, so that was really fun, which we will get more into. But yeah, it was good. The kickoff of North American soccer felt like kind of a break in all of this craziness we're going through, so it felt good to be able to sit in front of a TV and watch soccer for the first time in North American soccer that I think I'm much more invested in rather than European, but whatever. But yeah, it was good. It was a solid little break from all the nonsense and craziness we're going through. Um, But yeah, so North American soccer is back with the NWSL returning, which we'll get more into. But like we always do, uh, we had some Americans playing in Europe and we're going to, and some coaches doing their thing, but we're going to start off with the players uh, Josh Sargent, we haven't said his name a whole lot in the podcast. We finally get to talk about him, but he scored a goal for Vendor Bremen um, in a 6-1 to one win, So, and it was a sixth goal, so it was kind of just, you know, just something to get his stats up, uh, but he did really well. Um, he flicked it on and then got on the end of a really good assist to over uh, Cologne, and that got them in a promotion, a relegation promotion playoff um, to keep them in the Bundesliga. So really good to see Josh Sargent get on the score sheet. Um, We haven't said his name a whole lot, so we finally get to talk about him. But again, Captain America, Christian Pulisic, uh, scored against Man City to help Liverpool win the title. Shocker, didn't see that one coming. Um, But Pulisic started and scored a really good breakaway goal against Manchester City. Uh, They won that game 2-1, again, to to clinch Liverpool the championship. And then he played against Leicester City. Uh, came in the FA Cup. Uh, they won one to nothing to clinch a spot in the FA Cup semifinal. Uh, he subbed out the 72nd minute, but even though he didn't play a full 90, he put in a man of the match performance. So 
I don't know if you guys got to see Pulisic at all or how much you got to see of him. Um, Josh, I guess more so with you as the other American on the podcast. What did you think of Pulisic's performance over both games? Yeah, so I watched uh, the majority of both those games, and I very loudly screamed during his goal against Man City because uh, if you didn't see, uh, there was a very poor miscommunication at the back between Man City's uh, two center backs, and Pulisic just happened to be there and took advantage of the situation. And once he got the ball and started speeding down the field, I, I was was just hoping he would put the ball in the net and he did it was a very fantastic goal and it just really highlights you know his his best asset which is his change of pace so it was really good to see him score and then he was one of if not the best players on the field for Chelsea in their FA Cup game uh should be noted he apparently was feeling some tightness in his quad I think so he basically had to come off because he was injured so Pretty normal stuff there when it comes to Americans abroad. We definitely touched on that last week. Um, and, uh, you know, back to Josh Sargent for a second. It, it was good that he scored. I think he needed that. He hadn't scored since the Bundesliga came back about a month ago. So really good for his confidence. I don't know what the future holds for him. He might be playing in the Bundesliga next year with Werder Bremen. He, he might be with them down in the second division. I've seen some differing opinions. Some people think he should go down in the second division just so he can just score on everybody and put together like a really strong season. And others think he needs that top flight experience. So, you know, whatever happens with him, hopefully it's good. Hopefully it doesn't stunt his progress too much. Um, and then also Gio Reyna started again for Dortmund. Meaningless game for them. Uh, like you mentioned last week, Drew, uh, you know, Dortmund, uh, they don't really care. You know, season's over. They got their Champions League spot. Uh, so, Gio Reyna, he didn't really do anything spectacular. I don't even know if Dortmund won. Um, just from a quick glance at his stats. Oh, no, they did not. See, they don't care. You know, like I said, they, they didn't have to play for anything. Um, but none of his stats really jumped off the page. And then same for Weston McKinney. Uh, so, just kind of, a, you know, very last game of the season weekend. What you got, Connor? Well, I was just going to ask, did you see the rumors around... Uh, Schalke potentially having to sell Weston McKinney due to the implementation of an internal salary cap. Yes, I thought that was super interesting. The The headline popped up on Twitter for me and it immediately caught my eye. You know, seeing those two words salary cap associated with anything outside the U.S. is just shocking. So I, I'm really intrigued as to how Schalke is going to manage that going forward. Obviously, it's going to limit their spending, but... Yeah, I mean, if it means getting Weston McKinney a move, I feel like he's got the work rate to where no matter where he goes, I think he can be successful. Um, it, it almost doesn't even matter like what type of system he's in or what kind of coach he plays for just because he's a very versatile player. So I'm I'm, I'm excited for where he's going to go. He needs to get out of Schalke. He's, he's going nowhere with them, especially if they're going to implement the salary cap. Then obviously they're about fixing the financial aspect of the club, which is smart in the long run, but in terms of being competitive on the field, that that's hindering that totally. So hopefully McKinney goes somewhere. Uh, like Drew mentioned, coaches, uh, American coaches, last week we talked about uh, the Pellegrino Matarazzo. He officially took Stuttgart back to the Bundesliga, and then Jesse Marsh in the Austrian Bundesliga 
became the first American-born coach to win a European league title. He did so with Red Bull Salzburg this past weekend, uh, and we talked about it a while ago, but they also won the Austrian Cup. So he did the Austrian double, so congrats to Jesse Marsh. Even though he's from the Red Bull organization, he's doing great things over there, and I have no doubt that in the next couple years he'll be in one of the top five leagues managing a a high-profile club. His stock definitely went went up this year between their play in the domestic league and then also all the stuff we saw in Champions League, so good for him and good for Matarazzo. Yeah, it was a good weekend for the Red Bull organization because not only did they win the Austrian League, uh, going to EMLS, uh, the New York Red Bulls, Adamu, yeah, Adamu, uh, beat NYCFC's Diddy Chris Lido for the EMLS Cup. So, Red Bull fans, you got your MLS Cup there. Um, <laughs> oh, that was harsh. And, yeah, that was harsh. after falling out. Hey, man, Chris Armas <laughs> blew it. Um so, yeah, EMLS uh, revenge after the EMLS tournament special, which we talked about over a couple weeks when that was going on. Um, and this guy, $20,000 grand prize for this guy. And he had to go the whole route. Like, he didn't get a buy or anything. So, shout out to him. Did you guys get to watch any of it? Was it available on TV? Because I don't watch it at all. I, I saw some live stream stuff on Twitter, just a little bit here and there. I, like, I caught... Uh, Atlanta United was playing NYCFC, and I happened to see uh, Paulo Neto score the first goal. And it was early in the game, so I thought, oh, cool, like he's going to have no problem. And then, like, 15 minutes later, I saw him tweet out, like, good game NYCFC, and I was like, what the heck happened? He ended up blowing a lead, which is pretty on brand for Atlanta, but. <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, I watched uh, the Twitch broadcast starting around when I think it started pretty much exactly when the first Toronto FC. Uh, game was and then ended the second that he got eliminated or it might have been the match after that um, but yeah I really enjoyed it like, it wasn't terrible uh, commentary was a little sus and the stream on Twitch especially sucked uh, I don't know how much you guys caught of it but it was just the lag was unbelievable you basically couldn't see what was happening it was just jumping non-stop uh, but I don't know. I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, Toronto almost beat Atlanta. Uh, if it weren't for some FIFA cheese late in the game, uh, I think Phil probably would have had a pretty good shot at taking down Paulo Neto, getting a little bit of revenge. But unfortunately, that wasn't meant to be. And somehow Adamu ended up pulling it off. Uh, really impressive that he was able to go through the entire tournament uh, from the very first game to the end and just dominate, I guess. Yeah, it was cool. Um, it's exciting to see MLS keep up this EMLS thing as we went through the tournament special um, about a month ago. It feels like it was forever ago. But it was cool to see them keep doing that. And, yeah, someone besides Atlanta wins a championship. So good job, Red Bulls. You finally got them. So... That was exciting. But, yeah, like we mentioned before, um, soccer, not EMLS soccer, real soccer, came back to the States this weekend. We had the NWSL Challenge Cup uh, with the North Carolina Courage beating the Portland Thorns 2-1. to And then later that night, the Spirit beat the Red Stars 2-1 to to kick things off. I know, guys, you both said that you watched 
the first game, watch the Courage and the Thorns. Josh, as our Thorns fan, what what did you make of soccer being back in the States? Well, first, just got to say, really proud of the Thorns for their performance on Saturday. Much better than, I think that was the last time they played the Courage that they lost 6 nothing, Right, Drew? Just yes, got you destroyed. are correct. Yeah, so big improvement there. Scored and only lost by a goal. Um, and, you know, obviously the Courage are, by and large, the best team in the league. You know, their trophies speak for themselves. One of the things that was uh, most fascinating to me, though, was sort of starting to understand some of the tactics for these teams. Uh, like, for example, with the Courage, I didn't know that they operated out of a four-two-two-two, which... I most closely associate with how Red Bull play their their whole organization. That's what Jesse Marsh does with Salzburg. That's how Leipzig plays. That's how uh, Red Bulls in New York usually play with that box midfield, um, which is very press oriented. So to see uh, North Carolina come out in that formation, which again, I, I haven't watched a ton of NWSL. Uh, so learning from that aspect was was really cool. And I was also interested to see how much they would press, one, because of the altitude in Utah, and then two, just because there just hasn't been any real game action in months. Uh, but obviously, they played well. They got the win. No real surprise there. How was watching on Saturday for you, Connor? It was interesting. I've never watched NWSL broadcast before because, honestly, I don't even know if it was available up here. Um but yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the Canadian connection and having LaBelle and Sinclair be involved in the first game. Uh, I thought Sinclair was pretty good. She's was all over the pitch as usual. Um, she doesn't have that jump in her step, I guess, that she used to have, but she's still incredibly dominant and very impressive at her age uh, to be able to do that. So yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, it's unfortunate that the rest of the game's will be on CBS All Access because it's something that I don't have and I don't know if you guys do, but yeah, it's just sort of unfortunate that women's soccer still won't necessarily get that massive coverage that they're hoping to because it's stuck behind a paywall. Yeah, after after watching that first game, um, I think there was kind of this longing that the rest of the games would be played on national TV, especially when you have 10 p.m., kickoffs on the east coast i'm not sure what cbs is showing at 10 p.m but speaking of that 10 p.m game uh, we had the washington spirit beating the chicago red stars two to one they wrapped up our first day of action um and yeah like i said last week uh rose lavelle is the best player in the world and she showed it in the second game her and ashley hatch got on the score sheet ashley hatch kind of took advantage of Alyssa Nair, women's national team keeper uh kind of making an error but she jumped on it and got that second goal. Um, and Roosevelt got on the end of a rebound to get them their two goals. Um, Morgan Goutreau, formerly Morgan Bryan, uh, got her goal going for Chicago. So, yeah, that second game was a lot of fun. Uh, I think both, all three of our picks for the champion won Saturday with the Courage and the Spirit winning. So I think most people are picking the spirit to kind of surprise some people and for this to be their coming out party. And they beat a really good team in Chicago that went to the final last season. So that was exciting to see the spirit kind of act upon this underdog, this rising young team status that they've been given. Did you guys watch the game at all? Or did you just like watch highlights of the second game? 
Yeah, I only got to catch highlights of that. Uh, I saw, obviously, the goals. And then what was blowing up on my timeline was Aubrey Bloodsoe's big save at the end. So that was really exciting. If you haven't checked that podcast out just a few weeks ago, we had her on. Drew had a wonderful interview with her. So it was cool to see Friend of the Pod doing good things out in Utah. Yep. Hi, this, that was all for the MLS Multiplex podcast. She did it for us. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was cool. Again, just to have soccer back in North America is fun to see that. And I'm looking forward to watching some more of the games this upcoming week. And they've got another busy slate ahead. Uh, Connor, did you catch highlights of that or anything? Uh, I didn't personally. I think I did see the blood so save, but I do. I do just want to say, if you're new to the podcast, be ready for shameless plugs. We do it a lot. Um, so your best way to avoid them is to go back and listen to all of our episodes. Uh, plugging a shameless plug. There you go, Drew. Did you? I assume you you watched the full game, or you at least caught highlights. You sort of gave your a little bit of your opinion on how good you think Washington is. What do you think of Chicago's performance? Chicago, I was honestly very surprised about the Red Stars' performance. Um, another shameless plug, uh, our rider, John, uh, our local fine Red Stars rider, has a recap of the game. He does a really good job of it. So go be sure to check John's article out about the game. But, yeah, I mean, the biggest question around Chicago, right, is what are they going to do with Sam Kerr, arguably the best striker in the world, and she just left for Chelsea in a record-breaking deal. Um, and they brought in Kalia Watt from Houston, and I thought she did really well. Um, again, there's a lot of expectations when you're filling in Sam Kerr's shoes, and I thought she did a lot better than I thought she was going to do. She got on the wings a lot, kind of exploited that Washington defense, forced Aubrey to make a bunch of saves. Um, so big thanks to Aubrey for doing that for the podcast and for my fantasy team. So that's always appreciated. But yeah, Chicago, I honestly am not too high on them because they lost Sam Kerr, uh, but they did a lot better than I thought they were going to do. It's good to see. You always want to see teams and your fantasy teams succeed, I guess. So it sounds like you had a good weekend. Uh, I didn't even know fantasy was still going on. I thought everything got canceled. I've discovered fantasy. It's a Reddit is how I found it. And like I filled in my team about 15 minutes before the deadline. And not not going to lie, my team's pretty dang good. So big shout out to Aubrey. And Rose Lavelle's on my team as well. So both turned into good performances and got me points on the fantasy team. All right. And speaking of fantasy, one fantasy that league that I would really love to see right now is the MLS fantasy, which they've unfortunately stopped because of, for some reason, they didn't think that the MLS's back tournament would fit that sort of thing. But that's beside the point in the conversation for another day. Instead, how about we dive into our predictions? Because wow, wow have we found some things and do we have some opinions and I'm sure this will come up somewhere through the lines, but let's just say if you check Twitter and you look at their MLS's official tweet right after the draw happened, it's incorrect. So (laughs) (laughs) this is definitely not our second take. Um, I will take flame for that one, but Yeah, if you're looking for a full graphic of the MLS format of the tournament thing, whatever, knockout stage, don't go to Twitter. 
somehow they messed it up. I should have stuck with Wikipedia. Yeah, it's like <laughs> much more reliable source. I, dude, uh, it's. I feel bad for the graphics guy because this guy's probably had to work his backside off to make all these graphics, especially for the show. But come on, like some please, somebody has to have caught that. Whatever, we're not gonna badmouth him. I know how difficult a job that is. I can't do graphics. I highly doubt any of us can do graphics. So mad respect to that guy. We're gonna do this very simply. We're gonna do it based off the Wikipedia bracket. So if you wanna follow along, you can go to Wikipedia uh, about, I'd say, almost at the bottom of the page, uh, just above the references, they have an actual bracket format laid out for you. So we're gonna go from top to bottom uh, starting with the runner-up of Group A and the runner-up of Group C, ending with the winner of Group F and the runner-up of Group E. Then we'll go all the way through the tournament, which will be completely incorrect because somehow some team will get knocked out that we don't see hat coming, and it'll be completely pointless because this league is full of parody, as Josh likes to say, and you can't make any predictions at all because it's impossible. You could flip a coin and you have probably better odds of making accurate decisions unless that coin ended up on FC Cincinnati, which we'll get into. <laughs> Let's start with Group A and Group C. Josh, do you have anything to add before we start this? Because this is going to be a roller coaster. Yeah, I was going to say, and as we've discovered, you can't even do your own predictions because of the discrepancy in, in graphics and in groups. For those keeping score at home, we've already talked through most of this bracket, unfortunately. If a former tweet had groups mixed up, and that just threw the whole bracket out of whack. So this is this is the the better go around. This is gonna be fun, but I'll go ahead and get us started. So this is runner up group A against runner up of group C, and I have selected Philadelphia as a runner up of group A against Montreal of group C. And uh, I'll just go ahead and we'll, since this is corners co- uh, connected to each other, I'll go ahead and say. In the other match, which is winner of Group D against third place finisher of B, C, E, or F, I've got winning Group D, Sporting Kansas City, not Sporting Kansas City, Sporting Kansas City, winning Group D, and then third place finisher, I've got New England finishing third in Group C. Drew, who do you have in this corner of the bracket? In this corner, starting with the runner-up of Group A, I have NYCFC finishing in second in Group A, and I have them playing the New England Revolution as the runner-up in Group C. And in the other game, in this little corner, I have also have Sporting Kansas City winning Group D, but in that third-place wild-card spot, I have DC United uh, coming from the same group as Montreal, as I think Josh just picked. Coming from the same group, but I have DC getting that third-place spot. Connor, who makes up your corner of the bracket? Well, I have New York City FC. Uh, on. I also have Montreal Impact. So that'll be the first game uh, in the bracket if you're looking at it. Uh, we're going from top to bottom, by the way. If we, I don't know if we said that, but yeah, we're going top to bottom. Uh, in the next game affiliated, I have Sporting Kansas City facing off against the New York Red Bull. Uh, so far, we've been very similar, I'd say. So there's certainly much to discuss, uh, but I'm sure as we get further down, uh, there will be some passionate conversations. Josh, what do you got to say? Connor, do you have DC United advancing to the round of 16 at all? I 
do not. Me neither. So, Drew, why on earth are you picking DC United to advance to the knockout round of 16? Because they have Julian Gressel and Yamil Assad in that midfield. And Julian, Julian Gressel is incredible. He'll cross in balls perfectly. And they have Kamara. He's six feet tall. So I am banking a lot on him getting a lot of headed goals from Julian Gressel. And Yamil Assad's incredible. I think both those guys on the flanks. Julian on the right, Yamil on the left is going to be a really good matchup. And, yeah, I think that they're a solid team. Uh, that is a pretty tough group, I think. Um, TFC, I don't think either of these teams are going to beat TFC, so that's kind of hard points to come by. But Gressel and Yamil make up a pretty solid midfield. I think they're going to fling some good balls into the box and someone's going to get ahead on them. So here's the part where I fight you on this. So there's no way DC's going to advance to the round 16 because I don't think they know how to use Gressel just yet. I was talking to some friends the other day, and I don't think Gressel will be as good outside of Atlanta as he was in Atlanta. I think uh, the coaches here in Atlanta just knew how to utilize his talents. And DC started him as their central attacking midfielder in the opening game of the season, which... While Gressel can absolutely play midfield, it's definitely not his strongest part of the field. So that worries me in terms of DC using him correctly. Plus, we haven't discussed in a while, but Paul Areola is not with them. He tore his ACL prior to the first preseason. So missing Areola, not knowing how to use Gressel. That being said, Ben Olsen is very good at teaching his team how to play defense. And that could help them ride all the way through the tournament to the end. Now, Drew, do you have Red Bulls advancing at any point in, into the round of 16? Yep, I have them finishing third okay. in Atlanta and Columbus' group. So they're getting Sweet. out of there. We'll get to that part later. I was going to say, I don't have Red Bulls going through as, as a third-place team. I just don't think they have the firepower. So, Hunter, you've got them as, would you say, a third-place yes. team? Yes. Right? Yeah. So both of you have them as a, th- a third-place team, which I think is interesting that you guys picked them as a third-place wild card, and I just didn't even have them going through. It shows definitely a lack of confidence. So that's the first corner of the bracket. Moving on to the next corner, this is July 27th, winner of Group C against either the fourth-place team in Group A, which has six teams, or a third-place finisher in Group B, D, or F. So for winner of Group C, which I'm pretty sure we're all going to agree on this, I've got Toronto winning, and I've got them facing third-place finisher of Group B, San Jose. So I've got Toronto facing San Jose. And then just underneath them, winner of Group E against runner-up Group D on July 28th, I've got Columbus winning Group E, which we just mentioned has Red Bull in it, as well as Atlanta United. We'll hop into that in a second. And then for runner-up of Group D, I've got Minnesota in that one. So just to recap, I've got Toronto against San Jose and then Columbus against Minnesota. Connor, what do you got going on in this game? I'm going to shock everyone and say I have Toronto FC uh, winning. I know it's a complete, complete shocker coming from a Toronto FC fan. Uh, Had me there for yeah, a second. I, know. <laughs> uh, I think getting Pablo Piatti back and Michael Bradley back is going to be huge for them. Uh, they're going to do pretty well in the very solid group when you look at it. I'd say, apart from potentially, if we have the groups right, Group F, I'd say Group B is probably the strongest group in this tournament. Um, 
but I do have them going through. I think the veteran presence will help. The injuries do concern me a lot. Uh, they have had a serious, serious issue with injuries. Um, even just this season, you have Bradley who injured his ankle back during MLS Cup, and they didn't opt to have the surgery until just before training camp, which I think is worrisome. You look at Jacob Schaffelberg, first game of the season, he ends up with another muscle injury. Erickson Gallardo and, uh, oh, how am I blanking? Omar Gonzalez, both came into Toronto FC midway through last season. Both got injured almost immediately. So there are concerns there. Will those be justified? Who knows? I believe there might have been a little bit of work done in terms of getting help from different medical personnel over the off season, specifically the Toronto Raptors guy who helped with Kyle Leonard uh, last year. So hopefully that helps a little bit. We'll see. But yeah, I still have them going through. I also have San Jose. So Josh, I basically just copied you on that. Uh, in the next game though, I'm showing more faith than you are in your team. I have Atlanta United playing the Colorado Rapids. Absolutely no reason why I chose Colorado Rapids. They're just got a couple good TFC guys. I like Nico Benize. I think he's very underrated. I think he could be seriously good in MLS. I think Drew Moore's veteran presence is going to be very helpful, although his past injury issues, specifically over the last two years, do concern me. Uh, Clint Irwin is also pretty decent. And he's still, he's joined Colorado again. I think they have a lot of veteran presence, which will help in this tournament because it's so similar to uh, MLS Cup playoffs or a Champions League. So I have them going through. I'm interested why you chose Minnesota, Josh, but we'll dive into that once we hear Drew's picks. Drew, who did you pick? Did you copy us in the first game again so we have absolutely nothing to discuss about that or did you change it up a little bit i changed it up however i did go with everyone on the winner of group c i picked toronto fc two in that group however i picked the portland timbers to get their little third place spot at coming out of group f i believe so i have the toronto fc playing the portland timbers and then i have columbus winning group e and I have Columbus playing in Minnesota United. So I have Toronto FC going against the Portland Timbers and Columbus Crew playing in Minnesota United. And I'm going to defend my Portland pick here for a second because when I think of these knockout rounds, well, they, to get into this tournament, I can just see the Portland Timbers are the picture of just bunkering down, getting an early goal, and then playing a 5-4-1 and seeing it out. So I'm thinking Portland's going to play the Dynamo, maybe even get some shock points against the Galaxy. They're going to get an early goal. They're going to be the normal Portland Timbers that just bunker down and not let you score a goal. So I'm thinking they're going to win a lot of games, one to nothing. And so that is why I got them through my Group F. Yeah, so I also have Portland going through, but I've got them second place in the group, so they'll appear later in the bracket. I'm with you, Drew. I think they're a, a strong counter-attacking force. Uh, Connor, I assume you have Portland going into the round of 16 I do. Well? Now, Drew, do you have Colorado at any point on your bracket going into Colorado? the round 16? I do not, no. Great. So, Connor, it looks like you're by yourself on that pick. I don't think it's a bad pick necessarily. I think there's a good argument, like you were saying, all the, the veteran players that they've added. And uh, we talked about it before we started recording. 
forever ago. Um, but <laughs> we, I would mention that uh, they, the second half of the season last year was fantastic. They played really well, and they were pretty much riding that momentum. They got the opening day win on the road against D.C., and I think they won their second game or they drew. I can't remember. They did well, though. They, they're off to a, a good start this season. So I wouldn't be surprised if they made the round of 16. Personally, I just don't have them going through. Uh, but I don't think it's necessarily a bad pick. So you might be the one to get that correct uh, out of the three of us. Back to my pick for Minnesota, since that's where you have Colorado in on that spot. Uh, I just look back at Minnesota's uh, strong U.S. Open Cup run, which is a very similar knockout round tournament. Connor, you don't like that at all. Uh, but I think because of that experience and because they have virtually the same team as last year, they'll they'll be poised to at least get into the round of 16. Um, and we'll talk about how far they'll make it in later. Why, why do you hate that so much, Well, Connor? because they just haven't experienced any sort of success. Like, okay, U.S. Open Cup, but sure, that's in the middle of the season, right? It's balancing the season and balancing that tournament. I look at this tournament as though it's more of an MLS Cup playoffs or it's best against best, and I just don't see Minnesota as being best. Uh, they have Osvaldo, uh, Osvaldo, I think it's Osvaldo, Alonso. You just call him Ozzy. Ozzy Alonso, who is helpful. You know, he's a good veteran presence. Just, they don't really have anybody else apart from that. Uh, so. Not the MLS defender of the year. Okay. Ikapara, I guess, but like, <laughs> even still. You guess? He's one of the best in the league. Yeah. He, he's only won two of the last three MLS defender of the he's year. He's also a center back. And well, a center back can disrespecting disrespecting the center backs anyway. And don't say he doesn't score because I'm pretty sure he scored at least he two did. goals in those first. He started two games. off crazy this season, but a center back can only do so much for you. Is my argument. You can very easily avoid him. You do two attackers, and he can't be in two places at once. So I don't know what you plan to do when you have two guys coming at you, but. Who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. I just don't think that they have the star talent or the personnel to potentially succeed as much as a Colorado who don't necessarily have massive name talent, but they do have a lot of veteran experience and a lot of MLS experience, which is going to be vital in this tournament. I I will say I think the one thing that worries me about Minnesota and whatever potential run they have is is where they're going to score goals because they couldn't get the job done in the MLS Cup playoffs, which I think the way you're approaching that, Connor, that's a good that's a good way to look at this is more of an MLS Cup playoffs than say a US Open Cup. Uh, so Minnesota will have to figure out where the goals are coming from. And while it's fun to see a center back scoring, I don't think Ico Parr is going to be able to get the golden boot for this tournament. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but moving on, so we're now in the bottom half of the bracket. If you're looking on our Wikipedia bracket. This is the winner of Group A against third place from Group B, C, D, or E on July 25th. And we've already talked about uh, Group A uh, back at the beginning, but I have uh, New York City FC winning. I th- I'm going to say that you guys have Philadelphia, if I remember correctly. So I think we're all in agreement of uh, who the top two are. But I've got NYCFC, and I've got them facing LA Galaxy as the third group from F, which... Looking at Wikipedia is technically wrong, but they might still be able to make it as a third place somewhere else in the bracket. So 
it's possible that this matchup is impossible, but for now I've got NYCFC against LA Galaxy. And then looking down at runner-up from Group B against runner-up from Group F, I've got Dallas finishing second to Seattle in Group B, and then I've got Portland finishing second in Group F to a team we'll talk about later. So I've got NYCFC against LA Galaxy, and then Dallas against Portland. Drew, who do you have in that corner of the bracket? Yeah, like Josh said, um, I picked Philadelphia to win that group. So we both, yeah, like you said, we're in agreements, Philly and New York City. Going through by Philadelphia winning Group A, I have the New York Red Bulls getting in that third place spot um, from their group. So I have Philadelphia and the New York Red Bulls playing. And then in the other game, in that little corner, I have Dallas as well in the Group B runner-up. But I have the Galaxy um, playing Dallas. So I have a Galaxy-Dallas matchup, and I have a Philadelphia-New York Red Bulls for that side of the bracket. Connor, what's your bracket looking like up there? Uh, shocker, I also have Philadelphia, so obvious. Uh, however, I have New England as the next game. Uh, I think they'll do pretty well. I have faith in Carlos Gill, so... We'll see if they're successful or not, but I also, in the next game, I have FC Dallas, as I think, Josh, you also also had, playing Portland. I think Portland's going to do well. Uh, I don't know if they'll necessarily... I'm a little... I'm unsure about LA Galaxy. I might have them later on. Um, I do not, so I'm sort of unsure on them as a team. They haven't really shown any sort of success, and Chicharito is very early to MLS, and he hasn't been great. Pavel was pretty decent, but I worry about them. They could prove me wrong. They could do very well, but they're also in a very tough group, and you look at what Portland's got, and they're kind of stacked. So, yeah, that's sort of where I stand. Do you have either of you have any ob- objectifications uh, to either anybody's picks? I don't really have any arguments against your guys' picks. I think we're basically in agreement, uh, or in agreement with all that. Uh, I will say I'm the same sort of perspective as you, Connor. I'm real iffy on the Galaxy, and if if there was one team that I would swap for them, I'd probably swap Colorado for the Galaxy as one of the third place teams. Honestly, I don't feel good about putting them in the round of 16. They just they they are they have so much talent, and yet it feels like their coach. Guillermo Barroscoloto doesn't know how to use that talent properly. He was sending in, he was having them send in tons of crosses, which works when you have a giant Sweden, a giant Swedish player in Zlatan Ibrahimovic on the end of all those crosses, but you don't have that anymore. So, yeah, Chicharito knows how to score, but crossing the ball 25 times a game is not a winning recipe. So, I'm really iffy on them. I do want to circle back, uh, Connor. You said you have the Revolution. I have the New England Revolution, just on a different part of the bracket. Drew, do you have New England advancing to the round of sixteen? Yes, they are my runner-up in Group C, so I have awesome. been playing NYCFC. Sweet. Okay, so we all three have New England, and I have some thoughts on them later, which we'll get to. Uh, but for now, we'll move on into the final corner of the bracket, which is this is a fun part of the yep. bracket. This is the winner of Group B facing the third-place finisher of Group A, which, again, has six teams in it. This is on July 26th. I've got Seattle winning Group B, which, I'm, if I remember correctly, all three of us have that. 
And then I've got Orlando City advancing as the third place team, uh, which we'll have some fun with that in a second. And then in the last little part of the bracket, this is the winner of Group F against runner-up Group E. This is a tantalizing matchup. This is LAFC winning Group F, which is pretty straightforward. And then I've got Atlanta United as runner-up of Group E, and we'll touch on this in a second. Connor, what do you have in this uh, bottom corner? I'm going to shock everybody again and pick Seattle. I know I'm going out on a limb here. Uh, they're just so dominant. I can't see them not winning their group personally. Uh, barring some catastrophic injuries where their entire starting lineup just f- turn into dust, uh, I can't see them losing. So, yeah, I have them going through. I have them playing, however, an expansion team, which is a little controversial with Josh. Um, I've been facing off against Inter-Miami. I'll get into the reasoning in a second after Drew makes his picks, because we're going to have a bit of a discussion about this, because clearly we have some differing opinions considering Josh has chosen crappy Orlando. Um, But let's move on to the next game, get to Drew's picks pretty quickly. I have another shocker, LAFC. Uh, winning their group, facing off against the Columbus Crew. Uh, I believe you mentioned this earlier. It might have been on the first version of this, but you both mentioned that Columbus have an insane midfield, a great attack, and their backline's pretty decent as well. Good keeper. I have confidence in them. I just think Atlanta, if they bring in this young kid, have a better chance. But I would be very open to swapping the two personally especially if Atlanta don't get this young striker who they're rumored to be going after. Drew, prove me wrong and tell me why you didn't choose Inter-Miami. Because, so I did not choose Inter-Miami really quick. I picked Seattle to win Group B. I picked that team in Florida, Orlando City, to finish third in Group A. They're finally making it to a knockout round. Um, LAFC winning Group F, and then I have Atlanta United being runner-up in Group E. So pretty similar, but we disagree on the Orlando-Miami thing. And I disagree with Miami because I am not high on expansion teams, especially in this crapshoot tournament that we're going in. I very much value teams that have played together um, and that know the drill. And in Miami's first two games they played before the virus shut the league down, they lost to LAFC and to D.C. United. Um, I can excuse the LAFC loss a little bit because the team's a juggernaut, but losing to DC United um, and going down a man getting a red card, not very encouraging. Um, I'm not high on expansion teams getting this, and I think with that group having two expansion teams, I think Nashville and Miami are just going to be punching bags, and Chicago Fire essentially are an expansion team. They're just not anything you want to be playing. Uh, so Orlando, I mean, I'm, I'm not picking them to beat Seattle by any means, but I think it just takes one player to get hot, and I think Nani is that type of player. So if he gets hot, gets an early goal, they can bunker in and get some points. Uh, I tend to disagree because I think with those in our Miami picks, what we sort of have negated in terms of what we can take away from it is the fact that they didn't have Gonzalez Perez, or as you guys call him, LGP. Uh, your former Atlanta United man who transferred from, I believe it was Tijuana, Tijuana uh, back to MLS to Inter Miami. And I think he's going to be a huge factor for them. Uh, I'm high on him. Uh, believe me, the irony on me isn't lost that two Atlanta United supporters 
are down on an expansion team and a Toronto FC supporter is high on one. But I still think Miami have what it takes. I think Pizarro will start to adapt a bit more because I think it did sort of take a toll on him, that transfer. Uh, It was very difficult. It was emotional. Uh, I think settling in a bit more is going to help a lot. And I think that the pressure might be off a little bit, which will help him a whole bunch. And look, we're also discounting the fact that they have Luis Robles, who's an incredibly good keeper. Very, very good in penalties if it ever comes down to that. I have a lot of faith in him. I've seen what he can do to Toronto FC, and it's not pretty. So he's been on a good team, and I can I can just see that continuing. Josh, lay into me, bud. Well, first, I, I said it on our, our first go-round, but I got to say it again. June 29th, 2020, the, the two resident Atlanta supporters picked Orlando City, shockingly. I highly doubt we have them both moving on to the uh, quarterfinal, especially if they're going up against Seattle. But that is that is a bit of a fun one there. Now, for Miami, Connor, you're really bringing up the point as Atlanta supporters and the success from Atlanta's expansion season. There is one area that they heavily struggled in, though, and it was in knockout tournaments. They failed to win their opening knockout round game against Columbus in the playoffs. They failed to score in that game, even, uh, losing on penalties, and they lost to, I think, second division Miami FC uh, in the knockout 16 part of the U.S. Open Cup after only beating Charleston Battery by one goal. When they're, they're a second division team for sure. So in terms of an expansion side, I think chemistry plays a big part in success. You're not wrong, Connor. Miami have a plethora of talent. Robles is a veteran keeper. LGP has tons of MLS experience. Will Trapp is there now as well in the midfield. I just don't know if they're going to be able to score the goals to compete. And I envision a lot of defensive lapses just because they don't have the chemistry in the back. They don't have the communication built up. And then while it is good to add a player like LGP, that's still a wrench in whatever chemistry you've already been building, especially on a back line. So yeah, he can probably make the tough calls and make the right decisions, you know, being in charge of the the back four. But at the end of the day, he's still new there and that's still a new team. So I just don't see them getting over that hump. Before we move on and talk about our final eight, our quarterfinals, I think it's only right that we mention the six teams that none of us picked. As Drew mentioned, there's the Chicago Fire, which are basically an expansion team. Then there's an actual expansion team in Nashville, SC. None of us have any faith in them. Uh, no faith in the Vancouver Whitecaps, which a little surprising from you, Drew, as the uh, resident Whitecap fan, but understandable because they were pretty bad last year. Uh, then we've also no one picked Real Salt Lake either. I think it's worth reminding that they finished second in the West last year. They had a pretty solid stretch down the end of the game. I will say it was a little fluky, and you guys probably agree with that. That being said, none of us picked them. Of course, no one picked Cincinnati, and same with Houston as well. Both two teams that probably aren't looking at a at a good run in this tournament and will probably be knocked out. What you got? I was just going to say a couple hot takes. Um I think Cincinnati could be a dark horse. I think they brought in some decent talent this offseason. Jurgen Locata is very good. He's proven it in Europe. Uh, they brought in that kit guy from Ajax, and they have Kendall Waston. So 
I think they could be a dark horse, genuinely. Um, I also think Vancouver might surprise people. Even though they're going through whatever they're going through, I think that they have a decent team. You know, Lucas Cavallini is decent. Uh, Ali Adnan is decent. Uh, Reyna is decent. I, they have some talent, and I think we're sort of counting them out too quickly. And they have experience in knockout tournaments. I think that's something we do have to remember. Even though they did lose to a CPL team last year in one of those tournaments, they have played in one for a long time. And I think that's going to be very beneficial for them. We also, like, we probably shouldn't count them out. It's just that they tend to be a team that everybody forgets about because they're Real Salt Lake. Uh, no offense to them, but they just don't have the star power. And they're also a team I'd watch out for. Chicago and Nashville, they're as good as gone. Sorry, boy. Sorry, fans, to those two teams. They're just terrible. Houston are just in such a tough group that I can't see them doing well. If they were in another group, I think that they might have a bit of a chance. But right now, I don't think that they stand in a spot where they could necessarily succeed. Um, Josh, you want to dive us th- into the uh, our next picks? It's also worth saying uh, your uh, your statement about the uh, Whitecaps, Connor, whatever they're, they're going through, that's an evergreen statement right there. thought that was pretty funny. But moving on to the quarterfinals, so for those... Uh, Keeping score at home, following along with the Wikipedia bracket. Again, we'll be going from top to bottom. So this is the July 30th match. And uh, as a reminder, I picked Philadelphia and Montreal to go through and Sporting Kansas Kansas City and New England. I've got Philadelphia beating Montreal. And then I've got the New England Revolution upsetting Sporting Kansas City. Drew, what do you have going on in this little top part of the bracket? So I think I've, if I heard you and I remember correctly, I think we have a pretty different set of teams here. But I have NYCFC playing the New England Revolution and Sporting Kansas City playing DC United. Um, I am picking the I'm picking New York City FC to beat the Revolution as I have them winning Group A, and I also have Sporting Kansas City getting upset. I have DC United upsetting Sporting Kansas City. I'm very high on DC United. Um, again, a midfield with Julian Gressel, Yamil Assad, and Ola Kamara. I am very much a fan of, hopefully, like Josh mentioned before, um, if they figure out to put Julian Gressel on the right where he belongs, which if you watch any Atlanta United game from 2018, you will learn that Julian Gressel belongs on the right, crossing in balls, and Kamara is six feet tall. And that is something that Joseph Martinez is not. And even though Joseph can jump through the roof, having that height advantage, I think Gressel is going to give him some good balls we're going to get his big figure on. So I do have Sporting Kansas City getting upset, but I have D.C. United and New York City FC going through. Connor, who do you have winning those games in that corner of the bracket? I'm going completely against you guys. Uh, I'm going with Montreal, uh, having them go through, and I'm also having SKC go through. I think Montreal's experience with the uh, Champions League and how well they played in Champions League. I think that they're going to carry that form, hopefully, into this tournament. I also think that the addition of Victor Wanyama is going to be huge for them. That defensive midfield of him and Samuel Piet is going to be just disgusting. Nobody's going to get through that, and the build-up play is going to be spectacular. Throw in Bojan and add how good Aruti was earlier in the season. 
I think that they're going to be really, really good and somebody to watch out for in this tournament. I also have SKC going through, as I mentioned, because I think that they're very good. I do have them going up against the Red Bulls, which I think is notable, as opposed to what you two have them going up against. So I have faith in them. I think that they'll do well. Do you have any reason to disagree with my takes? I actually have plenty of reason to agree with those takes. I am with you in terms of Montreal and and how they might surprise a lot of people in this tournament. Personally, I don't think they can overcome Philadelphia. Now, if I ended up with Montreal and NYCFC, I would probably pick Montreal over. I, I mean, to be fair, they looked like a really strong tournament kind of team in CCL. They were very compact defensively. They got goals when they needed. So... I think that's actually a pretty good pick. And if I was going to have Sporting Kansas City against Red Bull, I would probably pick Sporting Kansas City. I, you know, personally, I've got New England over Kansas City because I think Bruce Arena, he's just gonna have that team coached up and built for this kind of tournament run. You know, Peter Vermees is a great coach with Kansas City, and they have so much talent. I just have a feeling that old Brucey is gonna figure it out for them. So. That, that's where I'm going with that one. Yeah, I was just going to say, I only noticed this now, and I'm very disappointed in myself. I should have New York Red Bulls going through so that Thierry Henry can face the New York Red Bulls because that would be amazing because we have forgotten that Thierry Henry is now the manager of Montreal. That would be very fun, and that would give that would produce a lot of good content for people, I think. Although I feel like Henry just wouldn't even care. Oh, he wouldn't. He uh, definitely move- wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on into the next part of the bracket, this is the one of the August 1st matches. As a reminder, I have Toronto and San Jose playing each other and Columbus and Minnesota. I've got Tor- Toronto beating San Jose. I don't think they should have any problem. I think Toronto's got so much experience in tournament-style play, and you look at what they did in MLS Cup playoffs last year with tons of injuries, mind you. They made it all the way to the finals, so I've got them advancing over San Jose. And in a little bit of an upset, I've got Minnesota over Columbus. Again, I just think they were so strong in the U.S. Open Cup last year. I think they've done nothing over the offseason but get better in terms of their attacking. So I foresee them overcoming Columbus. Drew, who you got in this part of the bracket? Yeah, so I have Toronto FC playing the Portland Timbers, um, and I have Toronto FC beating Portland. Um, like I said before, I think Portland is going to be a very much try and grab early goal and then bunker as long as they can, but I don't know if bunkering is going to work against Toronto FC, so I have TFC going through in that game. And I have the same matchup as Josh did. I have the Columbus crew playing Minnesota United, and this was a tough one for sure. Um, I think I'm going to go against Josh, though, and pick the crew. Um, again, Minnesota did have that cool run in U.S. Open Cup, but I'm very big on Darlington Nagby, and he's been a part of two MLS Cup winning squads with Portland in 2015 and Atlanta in 2018, so I think he's going to be that calm presence in the midfield that everyone knows him for, and I think he's just going to get the ball to Giassi Zardes, and Zardes is going to eventually put away some goals. However those go in the net, that remains to be seen, but he's going to score some goals, so I have Toronto FC and the Columbus Crew going through. Connor, who do you have winning those games? Uh, I have Toronto FC, but I do think it might be a little closer than we think it will be. Uh, They did draw in the first game of the season, Toronto against San Jose. 
So that is notable. However, Toronto was missing Michael Bradley and Pablo Piatti. So there's that. Uh, um, they might play a bit of a factor in that game. We'll see. Depends on if they get injured within five minutes or not. In the other game, I have Atlanta against Colorado. I have Atlanta moving on. I think this is especially based on the fact that they bring in this kid. Uh, I think just having a striker is going to be huge for them. But they may not have a striker, which I think is very notable. I've gone with Atlanta. I'm still unsure about it. It could still be Columbus. I think that could be a really fun game of Toronto versus Columbus in the knockout round. Who knows? Who? Nobody knows what we'll see. It's MLS. There's parity everywhere. I can't really see either of you disagreeing with those takes, so I guess we'll just sort of move on to the next games, which are Philadelphia, in my case, Philadelphia Union against New England Revolution and FC Dallas against Portland Timbers. In this games, I have Philadelphia beating New England and I have Portland beating FC Dallas. Well, Josh, let's go with you. What do you have for those two matches? So my first game here is a bit different than yours. I've got NYCFC against LA Galaxy. And again, like we said earlier, I'm just really iffy on the Galaxy. So for me, it's a really easy decision to have NYCFC go through. So I've got them over the Galaxy. And uh, like you, Connor, I've got Dallas and Portland in the next game. And I've got Portland over Dallas. I just think that Portland is built for a tournament. Now, this all hinges on whether or not they embrace what is arguably the strongest part of their team, and that's the counterattacking identity, which they've been hesitant, I think, to really embrace the last couple years, but they excel at it. So if they really go out and and they accept who they really are, which is a counterattacking team, then I think they'll be really successful, and I don't think they'll have much of a problem over Dallas. So I've got NYCFC and Portland advancing. Drew, who you got going through? Yeah, so my matchups are a little more different. Then you guys match up. I have the Philadelphia Union playing the New York Red Bulls, and I have the Philadelphia Union going through over the Red Bulls, and then I have Dallas and Gal and the Los Angeles Galaxy playing. Dallas is that Group B runner-up, and the Galaxy as that Group F runner-up. Um, and I'm kind of on the same boat as you guys with the Galaxy, not too um, high on them, because like I mentioned. I'm very much valuing experience and having played together in this old tournament. And we obviously know how good Chicharito is, but um, in those first two games we saw of him in MLS, it was nothing like the player we knew. Uh, So I am picking Dallas to go over the Galaxy. So I have the Philadelphia Union and FC Dallas going through. Connor, what you got for that part of the bracket? All right. So In that part of the bracket, I have Seattle against Inter-Miami, which we've already found controversial, and I have LAFC against Columbus. Of course, I feel like this is not going to be surprising to anybody. I have Seattle going through because they're the ultimate playoff team, I guess. Um, Yeah, there's not really much else to say. They also... I'll get into this in a second. Um... But LAFC, I have going through as well. I think Columbus will provide a bit of a challenge, but LAFC are just so good that I feel like they'll just steamroll them. I do want to add before you guys make your picks, one thing I did notice when I was making these picks 
is most of the teams that I had go through and how I kind of tried to have go through are Champions League teams. Teams that play in the Champions League this year. I think that playoff experience and those extra games to start the year against good competition are going to be huge. I think that we're sort of underestimating how much of an impact that will have. Maybe not necessarily consciously, but sub... or Let me rephrase that. Maybe, maybe not subconsciously, but consciously. We're not necessarily making that connection. Maybe it just has to do with the fact that all the best teams play in Champions League, which it's true. But that's sort of where I stand on this. Josh, what are your picks for the final portion or final quarterfinal? Yeah, very similar to yours. Uh, just a reminder, I had Orlando instead of Miami facing off against Seattle. I've got Seattle going through. Shouldn't be any problem for them. Very strong tournament team. And then I have LAFC against Atlanta. I, I think Atlanta's just going to finish runner-up in their group. And I think LAFC will come out on top. I'm sure it'll be a great game. Even if it's against Columbus or if it's against Atlanta, that sounds like it'll just be really fun. I do want to say, Connor, you bring up a really good point about these Champions League teams. Uh, I think we are underestimating the fact that they got in extra games at the beginning of the year. You know, Most of the MLS teams, they just got their two games in and against MLS competition, which is kind of a crapshoot at the beginning because everybody's figuring out what they're trying to do this year. Whereas you have these Champions League teams in Seattle, LAFC, Atlanta, Toronto. Well, Toronto's not in this year, but they've got that experience. Uh, Montreal, you know, you've got in NYCFC. They got those extra games and against really good competition. So I, maybe that will end up playing a factor. At the very least, it's just experience for those teams. So I have the Western Conference final rematch in Seattle and LAFC in this part of the bracket. Drew, what do you have? I have the exact same bracket as Josh has. I have Seattle and Orlando, and I have Seattle winning. Again, that's not too hard of a pick, picking them over Orlando City. Um, and I have Atlanta and LAFC, and I think this is going to be one of the biggest disappointments of the tournament because we're having such a good game this early on in the tournament. Um, like you guys both mentioned, Champions League, both these teams participated in Champions League. So they both have that edge, so to speak. And I think they're both two really good teams that if they were on other sides of the bracket, um, this matchup might happen in the semifinal or final. But I think losing Joseph Martinez is going to be a big deal against you're playing arguably the best team in the league in LAFC. And like Connor said, if they do sign that new striker, I believe it's from Paraguay that he's linked to. But um, still, like I mentioned, I value playing together, having that togetherness experience together. And if they bring him in to this tournament, not having as much time with him as they would have if they had Joseph, I think would hurt them. So I have Seattle beating Orlando and Atlanta beating LAFC. Um, I guess we will go back to the top part of the bracket. Yeah, we're getting to the semifinals. Um, so for semifinal refresher, or quarterfinals to get into the semifinals, I misspoke. I have NYCFC playing DC United. And to hurry up and make my pick on that, I have NYCFC going through to the final four. Um, they're returning a lot of the same team that they were last year. And they were obviously really good last year, finished top of the East. So I'm very high on New York City FC. Uh, Josh, who do you have in that part of the bracket going through? Before we get to that, let me just make sure I heard correctly. You have Atlanta advancing over LAFC? Oh, no. Did I misspeak? No, I had LAFC winning. Okay. I was about to say, I wasn't sure if I heard that correctly. I was about to lose my mind. I was like, 
dude, there's just no way. Like, <laughs> LAFC is yeah, just yeah. too good. Um, cool. Glad we cleared that up. Uh, so for me, I have uh, Philadelphia and New England facing each other. And despite you know what faith I have in Bruce Arena and, and what he can do to prepare the revolution, I just think Philadelphia are too good. They, they showed they can go toe-for-toe against a team like LAFC. So I'm really high on Philadelphia and what they can accomplish in a short amount of time. So I've got Philadelphia in that spot advancing to the uh, first semifinal, that final four. Uh, Connor, what you got in that corner? Uh, this is the semifinal, correct, or the quarterfinals? So the semifinal. The, technically, the quarterfinals is just who you've got winning the top quarterfinal matchup. So if you're looking at the Wikipedia bracket, uh, this is the July, the winner of the July 30th game. Okay. That's at the top. So the, the first, first team in the semifinal for people trying to understand it. I have, uh, it's Montreal against SKC. I have a bit of an upset in Montreal moving on. I think that that Champions League experience, as I mentioned, is going to be huge. I think Terry Henry is going to be pretty big for them as well. He had some success early in Champions League, especially I think he played with his substitutes sort of well. We didn't really necessarily get to see what he had to got to do with them because of the injuries Montreal suffered. But I think that Montreal is going to be very, very good. And it sets up perfectly for the team that they're going to play because we're going to have a 4-0-1 derby on our hands. Toronto against Montreal. Uh, I think that's going to be a crazy, crazy good game. I'd be unbelievably psyched if this happened. Mostly because I know Toronto FC... Well, I don't know. They, Montreal would probably pull it out of the bag knowing Toronto FC's luck. But... Very confident. I'm not confident at all. Um, but yeah, so I have Toronto FC for context, beating Atlanta, ending up against Montreal in the semifinal, setting up the 4-0 Derby, which I'm incredibly excited for. Drew, what is your second team in the semifinal? In the semifinal, okay. So I have, to refresh, I have Toronto FC and the Columbus Crew um, in that quarterfinal. And... Yeah, I picked Toronto FC to go through. Um, I think Columbus is really good, but I think Toronto is just a better team. Um, they've shown that, yeah, with last season's somehow run that they somehow made the MLS Cup, they figured it out in the knockout rounds, and I think they'll do it again. Um, so, yeah, I'm high on Toronto FC as well. I have, So I do not have a 4-0-1 derby in the semifinals, but I have Toronto FC and NYCFC in that semifinal matchup. And just like both of you, I've got Toronto going through. Only difference is I've got them beating Minnesota again. Toronto just has so much tournament experience in this style of play, and and Greg Vanny is a fantastic coach. He's really great at coaching them up for this sort of uh, um, um, situation. So I've got Toronto advancing. Uh, now moving into the next quarterfinal uh, winner and into the next semifinal, I had NYCFC in Portland, and I've got Portland winning. Now, I do want to circle back. I want to pick on Drew for a second. Uh, Drew, why do you have NYCFC advancing to the Final Four? Because I've got Portland knocking them out. And if I remember correctly, Connor, you've got Montreal knocking NYCFC out. So, Drew, what? Why, why do you have NYCFC going through to the semifinal? So it's kind of a weird contradiction of myself with looking at NYCFC. 
because, like I've said numerous times, I'm very much looking to teams that have played together are returning a large part of their roster, which New York City FC is doing, but they are not returning a manager, um, which is obviously a pretty big factor in things. But I'm trusting their roster. I mean, they're returning a lot of really good players um, that ended season first in the East. I'm Alexander Ring, um, Atrita, and Morales, who led the league in assists last year. So I think it's a pretty solid midfield getting the ball to Heber. Um, I'm just confident. I'm confident in that lineup returning. Um, I think having a new manager is obviously something they're going to have to fight through in this little crapshoot month-long thing. Um, but And to be fair, I think they have a relatively easy side of the bracket to get through if they finish runner-up as I have them going through. So they're returning a lot of really good players, um, and I trust them even though they are having a new manager. So I'm high on them because of the returning roster. Yeah, so I think it's really hard to kind of predict what's going to happen with NYCFC. You're right. They have a, a super stacked roster, and just they just have so many good players, and they're vir- they're returning virtually all of them from last year from what was a really good team. That being said, that was also a team that kind of fluked their way out of the tournament against Toronto. No disrespect to Toronto, but NYCFC to me, it just seems like they bounce out of the MLS Cup playoffs so easily each year. Now they looked pretty strong in CCL, especially with with Eber and and just how good he was right out of the gate. That being said, I just don't know if they can get past this whole knockout situation. I don't know if their new coach Ronnie Dyla, if he if he's going to be able to to really give them the the mental fortitude to get through this kind of situation. So I I wouldn't be surprised if they made it to the to the final four. I just don't think it's going to happen. So just to recap, I've got Portland going through on that side. Um, now, Connor, who do you have in that corner of the bracket going through to the semis? I also have Portland going through. Uh, do I? Yes, I have Portland going through, sorry. Uh, they will be beating Philadelphia Union. Uh, I have faith in Portland. I think with the additions that they made this offseason, I think they're going to be very good. Uh, they had a very good start to the season as well. So I think they'll hopefully carry that through and beat Philadelphia. Uh, we'll see. El Sino is decent, but I don't know if he'll necessarily match up with Portland's talent. Have we all gone through our first team? Because this next team is the one that's going to be very, very interesting. Uh, Drew, who do you have? I think, Drew, you got to uh, tell us who you got in this corner. So in that corner of the bracket, um, just to refresher, I have Dallas um, playing the Philadelphia Union. And I, again, am going back to my criteria of teams returning large portions of their roster. And for that reason, I am picking Dallas to go through and beat the Philadelphia Union. Um, Josh is giving me this really weird look, but I think I have a good defense. They came close to beating the Sounders in their playoffs last year, right? I mean, they gave Seattle a run for their money, and they're returning pretty much that whole roster. Um, Philadelphia Union... I think they're good, but for some reason Dallas just somehow seems to be good at these things. Um, I'm very up on them, returning a large part of the roster. They somehow gave Seattle a run for their money, so I don't. I'm not sleeping on them to give Philly a run for their money either. I I think that's a good point. I think you bring up a good point when you talk Thanks, about Josh. Dallas against Seattle. That's 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 fair. That being said, uh, <laughs> against Philadelphia, I, I think we're. <laughs> Yeah, but I think we're underestimating <laughs> just how good Philadelphia was to start the season. Do we not remember their game against LAFC in LAFC? I mean, they took it to them. They took it to them. And I just think that they 
the, their style as well, that whole high press, if they can pull it off in the summer Orlando heat, I mean, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. And yeah, Dallas has virtually the same team returning, but they're still a young team. These are still young kids that just don't have a lot of experience in top flight soccer playing first team minutes. And I think that at the end of the day, that's why they weren't able to beat Seattle. And that's just why I don't think they can overcome a team like Philadelphia. Again, I think you make some really good points, Drew, but I just don't see it happening. Uh, but we'll move on into now the, the last team, and then we'll recap each of our Final Fours. Uh, I've got Seattle and LAFC. Again, Western Conference Final rematch from last year. Excellent game. I am assuming that this one will be just as great. And I'm going to go with Seattle again. I am very unsure about this, super unsure about this, because LAFC had to play without Mark anthony K. Uh, for most of that game. I think he subbed in late, but he was coming off an injury. So LAFC's midfield was not at full strength. That being said, I mean, Seattle, they've just got the guys to get it done. Raul Rui Diaz, I mean, he will put the dagger in you and turn it. And then Jordan Morris will come in, and then he'll kick you while you're down. And then Nico Ladero will add to that as well. And so I just think Seattle has the kind of talent, and they've proven it time and time again over the last few years that they can they can just thrive in this kind of environment. So as good as LAFC is, I think I'm going to give the slight edge to Seattle, although I wouldn't be surprised if LAFC worked on their experience of losing to Seattle last year and overcame that. That being said, Connor, who do you have in uh, advancing to the semis from this side? Uh, Well, I'm being completely honest here, and to decide this game, I flipped a bottle cap. And depending on which side it landed on, it's the team I picked. And then I realized just what I could end up having my final be. And I don't think you can quite write off Stefan Fry because he is the best goalkeeper in MLS. Believe me, I'm a Toronto FC fan. I should know. So, of course, I have Seattle going through. This is going to be the best, probably will be best, maybe second best match of the entire tournament. Uh, if it happens, obviously, I bet. I feel like I'll be shocked if it doesn't happen. Seattle against LAC. I'm so looking forward to this. Hopefully two fully healthy sides. We'll see whether or not they're both healthy. I like Seattle personally just because of their experience in tournaments. But LAFC also have Carlos Vela, Diego Rossi. They just brought in Kenneth Vermeer. They've got some serious, serious talent. And I could really, really, really see this going either way. Drew, who do you have, Seattle or LAFC? Um, I think we're all in agreement that this game, I mean, there's really no wrong way to pick, but I, I very much admire Connor's just flip a ball cap and see what happens strategy in this game because I think that's probably one of the best ways to decide it. But I picked LAFC in this, um, I think. There's just, as I was thinking about this, there's no way this can happen again because I know what Connor's talking about with the potential final we'd have on our hands if Seattle were to go through. And there's just no way we'll have Seattle-Toronto again. Like, there's no way this happens twice. So, but Josh is giving me this weird look. And if it's going to happen in any league, it's in Major League Soccer. So, I don't know. It's, dude, every single time, it's been back-to-back. 2016-17, back-to-back. 2019-20, we could be going back-to-back. That's all I got to say. 
At this point, if it's Seattle and Toronto, who can say they're surprised? You know, who can say they're surprised if it's going to end up being Seattle, Toronto? That being said, let's find out if any of us ended up picking that. There's a recap for me. I've got Philadelphia and Toronto in one semis matchup and Portland and Seattle, a nice uh, Cascadia rivalry match on the other side. Uh, Connor, remind us who your Final Four is. I've somehow managed to end up with two derbies. I got 401 Derby in Montreal and Toronto, and then I have the Cascadia thing, even though we're ruling out Vancouver as part of this, in Seattle and Portland. Drew, who you got? I have no rivalries. I'm just a boring old man. Get off my lawn here. (laughs) But I have NYCFC against Toronto. I don't think that's a derby, but... I may be wrong. NYCFC in Toronto, and I have LAFC and Dallas in my semifinals. All I have to say to that is if Toronto doesn't go through, you're not following the pattern of Toronto demolishing New York City in different playoff tournaments. We will find out. In All right, well, coming. let's find out right now. Drew, let us know <laughs> who won the first semifinal going to the final in your NYCFC versus the Toronto FC matchup, and just know you're in a call with a Toronto FC fan. Well, it is good that I'm in a call with a Toronto FC fan because I did pick Toronto FC to win that game um, for the very same reasons that I pick NYCFC, a returning roster, however, a new head coach. I think I can say the same thing about Toronto FC, except not a new head coach, pretty solid lineup. Again, they somehow made that miracle run to MLS Cup last year, which was the epi- like a great picture of just surviving and advancing. And I think they'll do the same thing again. They have loads of talent, um, really good team. They love the situations. So I'm picking Toronto to beat NYCFC. Josh, who you got going in the semis? Or final. I was going to say, go ahead and give us your other team for the final. I think it would be easiest if we go through it that way. So who do you have uh, advancing between LAFC and Dallas? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have LAFC beating Dallas um, for obvious reasons. LAFC is just too good. Um, Dallas is young. They're returning, but talent beats youngness in the situation. So I have LAFC and Toronto FC in my final. I'll go ahead and go go ahead and say my final four. Uh, So, again, I got Philadelphia and Toronto. I am just like you, Drew. I'm picking Toronto. After what they did in last year's playoffs, I'm still just so impressed that they fought their way all the way to the final without basically their best players on the field. And the top talent they did have on the field was practically playing on one leg. So imagine what they can do if they're relatively healthy. So I've got Toronto advancing on one side. And between Portland and Seattle on the other side, I went against better judgment and instead of seeing Seattle and Toronto for the millionth time, I chose Portland. I must admit, I am feeling absolutely sick about picking Portland to make it to the final. I'm feeling really bad about them even making it to like the semis and even to the quarters. So I'm having this horrible feeling now that Portland is just going to be terrible in this tournament. But that being said, I'm sticking to my guns, I guess. I got Toronto and Portland in the final. Who do you have, Connor? Well, to recap, I have Montreal against Toronto, and I have Portland against Seattle going into the potential final. 
I'm going to shock everybody and say I'm taking Toronto FC to go to the final. I am incredibly worried, as I mentioned earlier, about the potential for injuries. This is a side, as I mentioned, who have struggled with injuries in the past. I've written very openly about that uh, for MLS Multiplex. I don't know whether or not they'll be able to hold up for this tournament, but they're also going into it with the rested Pozuelo, which he hasn't been rested in pretty much two years. Um, a healthy, possibly, hopefully, Josie Altador, a hopefully healthy Michael Bradley, and who knows what we have in Pablo Piatti. This is a guy who we haven't even seen play for Toronto FC yet. So whether or not he's good, the team's talking him up a lot. Makes me think he might be. But we don't know for sure yet. And I'm banking on the fact that they can stay healthy, that they have enough squad depth to uh, stay healthy, especially after getting Marky Delgado walked up to a long-term extension, which has, adds a ton of stability in your midfield. And locking up Richie Larea, which adds a very, very positive uh addition to your bench as a potential attacker and a potential fullback, which I feel like we probably should mention because those are two big signings for Toronto. Um, but yeah, obviously I have Toronto. In my other semifinal, Portland versus Seattle, I have to do it. There's just no other way to say it. I got Seattle playing Toronto in the final. Any, any tournament yeah. where those two teams are involved... They have to be in the final against each other. It's ma basically mandatory at this point. So we'll see who wins. Uh, do we want to do the final? You say, yeah, you picked Toronto, right? Toronto and LAFC. Cool. So Connor has the, the good old Toronto and Seattle. I've got Toronto and Portland. And Drew has Toronto and LAFC. Connor, who do you have winning? Oh, you have to make me go first. Oh yeah, I want to hear. I want to hear how the fourth final matchup between Seattle and Toronto. Well, is Well, the go. first one went back to back, so I think that this second matchup is going to go back to back. Starts off with Seattle winning, ends with Toronto winning. So I have the Toronto FC winning the MLS's back tournament, qualifying for Champions League, which. We'll see if it's to their detriment or not because the last time they won a tournament and then followed it up with Champions League, they sold all of their best players. So hopefully that doesn't happen this time. Um, I, As I have mentioned multiple times, I'm not going to beat a dead horse. The injury issues do concern me. Uh, it is something that the club will have to watch. If they start to pick up injuries, That could go. things could go very south very fast. I'm optimistic because it's so few games. But that could also be to their detriment because the types of injuries they usually pick up are a couple weeks, three weeks, which for a tournament like this is basically half the tournament. Drew, let's start with you and then we'll end with Josh. Who have you picked to win the MLS is back tournament? For my MLS's back tournament champion, uh, just to refresh my championship is between Toronto FC and LAFC, um, which I think it's really funny first that 
our matchups are to our bunch of Eastern Conference versus Western Conference teams. I was wondering about that, if we'd get like a West-West or an East-East. So that's funny. And also, we all have Toronto in the final, which means Toronto probably won't make it out of the group. That's usually please, how this works. Please, just get out of the group. But please <laughs> nonetheless. Group. Please. I swear. Please, 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 please. Don't embarrass me again. 2018 was bad enough. I don't need another one of those. Although that would really cap off 2020, so, wouldn't it? Yeah, it can always get worse. Um, but yeah, so I have LAFC in Toronto. And I have LAFC winning that game. Um, yeah, I mean, when you talk about both these teams, they're both incredible. And I think, I mean, either way, if this matchup happened, if Toronto wins it all, it wouldn't be surprising. But I think LAFC just has too much talent. Um, I think having these high expectations and not winning MLS Cup is going to push them and they're finally going to break through with this tournament. Um, they're the best team in MLS, what more can you say? And I think this tournament is going to show that. Uh, it's going to be even harder for them because they are arguably in the group of death. So making it out of that group through the knockout stages and winning the tournament, I think is just going to cement their title as the best team in MLS. So I have LAFC winning the tournament. Josh, who is your champion? Well, between Toronto and Portland, which, again, I'm already regretting picking Portland to go all the way to the final, which should indicate that I picked Toronto to win the whole thing. Again, I said it before, I'm just super impressed with the way they handled the playoffs last year, and I can definitely see them going very deep in this tournament. And uh, I I just see them winning this one as well, uh, despite – I mean, even if they do get injured, I know, Connor, it's a big worry – I mean, they they battled through injuries last fall, and they had no problem virtually up until the finals. So I imagine that they'll fare pretty well in this tournament, uh, assuming that they're mostly healthy. So I've got Toronto winning it all. Any more final thoughts before we close this out from you guys? Just get out of the group stage. It's all like, please, just get out of the group stage. Don't lose to Montreal as well. I refuse to lose to Montreal. I... Don't want that hanging over the head of Toronto FC fans, and this will just guarantee Champions League, which will mean the Canadian Championship will be a breeze, and we can take the rest of the MLS season, which will definitely not happen, as seriously as possible. And you watch, I'm calling it Atlanta is going to be a bit of a surprise to a lot of people. How would it feel, though, Toronto beating Seattle and Portland to win championships? You're kind of like conquering Cascadia, the blessed Pacific Northwest, the ca- our Canadian friends taking over. Uh, I still think I'd rather get the one-up on Seattle, kind of like you guys would rather get the one-up on Red Bulls or something like that. There's a bit more of a rivalry there as opposed to with Portland. Portland are a good team, but Toronto is just that rivalry with Seattle over the last four or five years has been amazing for the good and the bad uh 2016 or that's some painful memories especially sitting out in the cold but we got it in 2017 and then they broke our hearts again in 2019 so let's try to break seattle's hearts in 2020 which by the way this year's going it's probably going to end up being orlando that wins this tournament just to spite all three of us (laughs) That's the funniest thing that's been said all podcast. <laughs> Orlando winning the tournament. Very good. Very funny. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. But I'm going to steal Drew's job once again 
because I'm going to not have them talk for more than they have to because I've already made them record for an extra hour that they already shouldn't have had to. Thank you for listening. Uh, Even though this was our second take because MLS Twitter tweeted out the wrong graphic, whatever. Um, Check out everybody's work at the MLSmultiplex.com. We're putting out some really good stuff with the tournament coming out next week. Uh, I'm going to have an article coming out in the next couple days, so you can look out for that. Check us all out on Twitter. You can check out Josh at Josh underscore Boland, Drew at underscore Drew Hubbard, and myself at CWG Somerville. Thank you for listening. We will see you next week for potentially a special episode. We'll see what happens, but keep an eye out for that. Thank you for listening. We will see you next week, and goodbye. Thank you for listening to the MLS Multiplex Podcast. Check out all of the contributors' written work at MLSMultiplex.com.